You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin today by calling out to the helping spirits to be with us. So I call out first to your ancestors and to my ancestors, to all of those who lived well and died well, and who brought all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines to us. Those who bring this rich legacy because of the way that they lived, the way that they died, the way that they reconciled their life and now understand um, what it takes to be a better human. And I ask these ancestors to stand with us as we live here in this very, very short time called being the living. This very, very short moment here on earth and we ask the ancestors to help us to do this life in a good way. We ask them to help us to meet the challenges of our own time with creativity and courage. Help us to focus and do what we have each come here to do uniquely and to draw deeply into the past and to draw forward those things that will support us and nurture us as people with um, healthy energy and good hearts and clear minds here in the world. And so I give gratitude to these ancestral humans and ask them to stand with us the living that we might do what must be done here for those who are coming. Help us to be vital here in the great cycle of life. And as these human ancestors begin to gather to us, I call out to the non-human ancestors, to those energies that were here long before there was ever a human, to these, these deep and old ancestors to help us to remember our true nature, to be a part of the great fabric of life, to be a part that weaves the beauty of it, that hears the song of this great dreaming as it resonates through what we experience as time. Let us resonate with that energy and not be a profound, destructive force to that web of life, but be that which weaves it, that which makes it stronger with our songs, with our blessings, and with our love. Let us be better humans. And I call out to these energies, these ancestral energies, to help us to understand what that means in each day. And as these ancestral energies gather around us here today, let us gather ourselves, drawing our mind from wherever it might be, multitasking in the many things your contemporary life has got you engaged in. And draw this energy into your mind, from your mind down to your heart, from your heart down to your belly, and from your belly, take a moment, slow everything down to a stop and touch the earth. Even if you're 17 floors up from the earth or driving in your car or whatever it is that you're doing that makes you feel like you can't touch the earth, touch it anyway. Take a moment to touch the earth and give thanks for your life. Thanks for this day and all that it has in store for you or all that it has already given. And give thanks for the journey that has brought us to this moment for all that is in this moment and all that will be. We give gratitude for the generosity of the earth's dreaming. That we can change whatever it is we set our minds to, we set our hearts to, whatever we have the courage to approach, as long as we're still breathing. We give gratitude to the earth for the wonder of life here with its diversity and beauty. We begin to send our energy down as the gratitude flows out from our heart into all the layers of the earth, reaching down to the very center of the earth and connecting there to the deep, dark, still, silent place that nourishes all. All of this whole illusion of life that we all experience, such a convincing and wonderful illusion that it is, that we choose to participate in this way. And we give gratitude to that energy that is before this experience, that is before abundance, that nourishes and refreshes, restores and replenishes that which allows us to go deep within in the darkest moments of the night and to rest. 
We call out to this energy and draw it up just as we would draw water into our mouth and into our body on a hot, hot day. We draw this energy up, drawing it up through all the layers of the earth, into ourselves, into our belly, into our heart, into our mind. We allow this energy to resonate within us and we learn from it how to ground ourselves using all the wisdom of manifestation that rises from the earth to understand how to ground ourselves and our body our body on this planet and in doing this come to understand who we are and what we stand for and to build a life on those things that have heart and meaning for us to build our sense of home in a way that allows us to know that we belong and to connect in community so that others recognize they belong to us and we belong to them and that we are here together in a common purpose a common purpose called the robust experience of life And as we ask those that are different than we are to our table, that we all might enjoy becoming provoked, irritated and annoyed into growing, into that discomfort that challenges us to become better versions of ourselves. And for this profound opportunity that is life, we give thanks. And in the doing of this, we become better aware of connection and interconnection within ourself and our relationship with our environment and our relationship with other living things and our relationship with the spirit world. And that may we, in doing this, come to a sense of our own place in that great web of life. And if we are blessed by that knowing, even if for just a split second, let us take our right relationship with ourself from that from our place in that great web. And even if we are not blessed with that knowing in this day, let us trust that it is so and let that guide us. And as we draw our energy up from our belly to our heart and our heart to our mind and send our energy and our awareness up and out the top of our head, out to the sky, out to the atmosphere, all the way up to the highest power of the universe and connect there by whatever way you know this energy, whatever name you call it, however you engage with it, engage. Connect to it, know yourself in it and it in you and begin to draw these radiant energies from above down into yourself, into your day, into these proceedings. And in this way, we call down the energy of blessings and protection. We call in devotion and commitment and we call down the benevolence of the universe and all the wisdom of the cosmos and we call this energy in and ask it to inform us here how to be better humans. And we call in the benevolence of this universe and ask to be inspired and illuminated along the way. May our dark places reveal where it is that we are going, even if it's not anywhere we imagined before. May we be so inspired. And as we call this energy down from our head to our heart, our heart to our belly, our belly down to the center of the earth, we become a place where these two great and legendary lovers, the energies above, the energies below, earth and sky connect into this great expression of life here on earth, this big love. And may that big love moving through us in the center channel of our body awaken the spirit of our own heart, this unique and beautiful human heart that beats there in your chest. And may it open up the crucible of transformation, that energetic place within the heart that calls up the fiery passions of the belly that have arrived here knowing why you are here and draw down the crystal clarity possibility that exists in your mind and draw these energies together in your heart that they may mix and merge in such a way that you would come to remember to understand to somehow sense why you are here and to find courage in that very same human heart to do something in this day large or small to manifest those gifts of why you are here in the world and to share them with others we give great gratitude for all the helping spirits that gather around us in every day, known and unknown. We give gratitude to them for helping us to do that, to bring our gifts to the world. May what needs to be said be said here today and what needs to be heard be heard. And may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. I want to give special thanks to Adrian, um, Ilana. David, Eduardo, Deb, William, Elise, and Sarah, and all the listeners who have donated financially to the show. This show is listener-supported. That each year, for the last handful of years, not all the years the shows have been broadcasting, but the last handful of years, I am grateful and and honored to say that uh, the show is listener-supported. It's not any more than what it costs to put the show out in the air, but it certainly does at least pay its own bills. And for that, I am grateful. So for those of you that are able to donate um, 
thank you. I receive emails every week from others who can't that thank you as well. And I want to pass that gratitude on. And I want to acknowledge that if we are practicing shamanism, if we are living shamanism in our contemporary life, then we understand that it's not all about money. Money matters, but it's not the only thing that matters. It's not the only energetic exchange that has any currency, certainly, in my life. So I also want to give gratitude for those of you that are doing things other than donating money that do help the show to grow, that draw the teachings into your life, that allow you to share the teachings with other people, that allow questions to come back as they did for today's show, that create rich and deep shows and um, new show ideas. So I'm grateful for all the many things you were doing and ask you to keep doing it. For this show exists because this exchange is happening. And were it to um, stop, then the show would stop as well. Just because the whole point of this is that there is a reason for it to exist. And it shows um, in that cycling of energy that feeds that reason. So I'll do my part, you do yours, and hopefully... Uh, we'll all be better people for it. So thank you all. If you want to donate to the show, you can go to whyshamanismnow.com and donate any amount, large or small. Click the support button and scroll down. Um, if you're uncomfortable with that, you can email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org and I'd be happy to send you a regular address for a regular check. So today we are live. If you have any questions about today's topic, which is shame and the healing heart. You are welcome to call in at 512-772-1938 or you can Skype in from the co-creatornetwork.com site or email me at any time after you listen to the show at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. You're also welcome to post comments about the show on the Facebook page um, for the show. Just make sure that you, you put in your comment what show you're commenting on so that we know what you're talking about. So... In the last three weeks, we this is the fourth week, we're doing what I think of as the sad shows. <laughs> um, there's shows on abandonment and self-abandonment and grief and now shame. These are these are sad things that we all experience. I'm I'm chuckling just because I've been wondering why am I doing this right now? But it does suit the season as here in the northern hemisphere as we move through the long time and the grieving into prepare cleaning up to prepare ourselves for a rich and restorative winter time um and and these shows are all also responses to listeners questions how do i deal with these things in my life and um they're not easy shows they're not uh the answer is not simple because these are not simple feelings that we feel abandonment grief shame um, but they are real. It's part of being a human. And if we cannot bring our shamanism to bear on these aspects of our life, if we just go off and just do happy things with our shamanism, then we're not really being shamanic people. Right? We're bypassing that which is um, deeply meaningful in our lives. If we're going to feel abandoned about it, it mattered. If we're going to grieve the loss of it, it mattered. If we feel shame about it, it matters. These are, these are the things that matter to our heart. And if we are to become the new people, to create new stories for the new world, our hearts have to matter. So shame, it's the painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by one's awareness that one's own behavior is wrong or lacks integrity based on your own inner standard of integrity. Natural shame arises when we become aware that our behavior falls below our own heart's standards. It's natural shame. Toxic shame arises when we take on the standards of others and we override the knowing in our own heart with these external standards and then begin to judge ourselves and our integrity or our rightness by these external standards. We take them on as our own and start to judge ourselves with them. Carl Jung uh, is quoted for having said, shame is a soul-eating emotion. And this is true whether we're speaking about natural shame or toxic shame. 
And precisely because it is a soul-eating emotion, we need to sort this out each time we feel shame. Because each of these, whether natural shame or toxic shame, it will um, allow us to strengthen and heal our hearts. Uh, But each by a very different path. And so it's important that we are willing to feel the shame deeply enough to discern where it is coming from, natural or external, toxic, and, and then to take our path from there. So we feel natural shame when we fall short of our own inner standards, especially when others get hurt. Now, you guys are going to have to help me out on this because I witnessed, um, I didn't witness, I watched a TED talk about this years ago and I tried to find it again and I couldn't. Um, There was another more recent TED talk, but that's not the one that I'm talking about. I'm talking about a woman who spoke about the value of our natural shame. And essentially what I'm saying now is is it shows us what matters to our heart and, and ways in which we are not personally um, stepping up to our own inner understanding of who we are. And so it's a naturally, natural response to the heart that draws us inward to the source of that pain. Because shame is really painful. Um, and it allows us then in that place to renew our own inner integrity. Um, to assess what we need to be doing differently in our lives and to rise to that inner integrity in the future. So shame, natural shame, is this opportunity for self-repair. It's not uh, pleasant, but it's actually a really beautiful return. It's a beautiful thing, ultimately, if if we tend to it. So natural shame speaks truthfully. Nonetheless... It will eat your soul if left unattended. So natural shame is a correct response to a situation. It's our own heart saying to us, I need you to be better than this. It's just our own heart saying to us, I, your heart, need you to be better than this. And the shame is the feeling that says you, person out there running the show, You need to come listen to your heart. That's what that's about. So we need to listen to our heart. It's right. It's a big deal because to not listen allows this calling of our heart to become this big soul eating thing. So it's a big deal. Um, So as we return into the heart where the shame sits... Um, We can then ask, you know, what needs to be better? You know, so we explore, what did I do? Why did I do it? What were the energies? What were the relationships? So one of the most shameful things that um, I did was uh, in acting on my own addiction. It's not an uncommon thing for addicts to steal, to feed their addiction. And it doesn't really matter whether we're talking, you know, crime on an epic level or simply stealing from somebody's liquor cabinet or stealing their Halloween candy, not to get us off on Jimmy Kimmel's challenge. But anyway, my point is it is not uncommon, for example, for addiction to drive us into acts that are naturally shameful to ourselves. Our heart knows that we can be better. And so what we're exploring then is why did I do that? Well, I did that because I allowed my desire for whatever the thing is I'm addicted to to drive me to take actions that I don't feel proud of. And and so in this case, I would be saying that my addiction to sugar matters more to me. I'm allowing it to drive my actions. So it matters more to me than my relationship with my own heart and my relationship with my own soul. Because my heart is unhappy, it's feeling shame, now the shame is eating my soul. All because I have a more robust relationship with sugar. I mean, to start to see that, you start to realize, but not from a judgmental place, but a discerning place, what are these relationships? Because if we can understand the relationships, we can begin to shift them. 
And again, it's not about judging myself as being a horrible person because of that, but it's about actually being able to discern the mechanics. And this is one of the things that I've tried to talk about in all four of the sad shows is we have to be willing to move into the pain enough to grasp the emotional mechanics of what are going on so we know what flows of energy that we're working with because we can work with the flow of energy shamanically. We can work with it very clearly and directly, but we have to discern it correctly. Okay. So then, uh, once you've sorted all of that out, then you can feel or sense your way then to the truth that your heart wants you to rise to. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily going to be easy to do, but the path can be clear. It can be a very simple path that may not be easy, but at least you're coming back into alignment with your heart and what your heart needs you to do. And if you can't sense your way through those truths, you can always journey about it. I mean, your helping spirits are here to help you to be a better human. So they will help you with these kinds of questions because this is all about aligning with the integrity. Shame is all about aligning with the integrity in your own heart. And your helping spirits are all over that. Absolutely all over that. And if your helping spirits aren't all over that, you really need to question whether you want to be working with those helping spirits. Because that is the point of this relationship, this working relationship, is our ability to manifest here on earth the full potential of our human heart. It's the only reason we're all here. We all have our own unique version of that. But that's what our helping spirits are here to help us do. And if your helping spirits aren't helping you do that, you need to really get better quality helping spirits. Okay, but anyway, back to shame. So once you've sorted out what it is your heart needs you to do, then one of the things you need to do potentially is use your magic words and fix relationships you have damaged in your life. Please forgive me. I am sorry. This is what I understand. This is what I will do differently in the future. Use your magic words with your people. Fix what you've broken. The next step, though, is to renew your own inner integrity with yourself. So this is now you speaking to your own heart, right? What will I do differently in the future? And what will, and really understanding what will it take to restore my own uh, relationship with the integrity with my own heart? And to do that, to clarify those, this is not a magic fix it in a journey solution. It's a how will you change your behavior in your life to align with the integrity in your own heart. This is what shame is calling us to. It's why it hurts so bad. Now, the final thing about working with natural shame is don't be an asshole. I mean this seriously. Once you have made the changes, you've begun to do new things. Forgive yourself for those shameful actions in the past and move on. I tap back to things I was ashamed to have done in the past, still today, decades later. That's what shame does because we have hurt ourselves when we do that. It is so all about the core relationships. And the most important thing is why am I remembering this? Am I, am I dancing close to that line again? Or I'm remembering this so that I can celebrate how far I have come. But either way, or whether you're somewhere in between, the important thing is to not beat yourself up when you have made changes. Don't be an asshole to yourself. Release it and live fully in the new you to the best of your ability. And I mean that. This is about shame is ultimately about restoring the integrity with your own heart. Your heart forgives. That's your heart's nature. So this is not about setting up impossible standards for yourself and then flogging yourself. It's about setting up realistic standards that allow you to take action in your life, to rise into integrity with your own heart, to forgive yourself, to live fully, to learn, to grow, to be a better human, and to move on. One of the most common shames that I have experienced repeatedly in my own life and see in my clients now is caused by setting impossible standards with your own mind 
and then feeling horribly ashamed that you can't meet them. This is really common. Why would you do that to yourself? I have to ask myself this every once in a while as well. Why would you do that to yourself? Why would you do to yourself what the culture is already doing to a majority of you? Setting impossible standards for you, right? Um, moving the target constantly. Why would you set impossible standards for yourself so that then you can just feel ashamed for not meeting them? That's being an asshole and you need to not do it. And I'm really serious about this. Knock it off. Set reasonable standards for yourself that you can live into. From that place, perhaps there's a higher peak to rise to. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. But you won't know until you can stand there. And if all you're doing is setting impossible standards for yourself and then beating the crap out of yourself, you're never going to get anywhere. So knock it off. That's, that whole part of shame is completely unnecessary. It is self-generated nonsense. So stop. But it does lead us to toxic shame. Really toxic shame. So toxic shame is all that other shame that's not natural shame. Right? It doesn't come from your heart. Toxic shame is a liar. It is always a liar. Nonetheless, it is shame. And it will eat your soul too. So we feel toxic shame when we have internalized standards, brought them into our heart from friends, from family, from our culture, from religions. Um, but we've taken in some sort of standard for how we should be, what we should weigh, what color our skin should be, how we should want to have sex, what food we should eat, what food we shouldn't eat, who we should grow up to be, who we shouldn't grow up to be. All of these stories that we take in, these standards that we take in from others, and we replace them over the true integrity in our own heart. Toxic shame can debilitate or paralyze us, but it does so for no good reason. Now, when natural shame does that, it's for a good reason, because you are truly not in alignment with the integrity in your own heart. And it is an honest response to needing to grow into being a better person. It doesn't feel good, but it is honest and you can trust it. It will guide you where you need to go. Toxic shame, big fat liar. Makes you feel like crap for no good reason at all. So to tend to toxic shame does not lead us to truth in our heart. You know, you can know that going in, but you still need to go in. So toxic shame has to do with, you know, feeling ashamed for the color of your skin. Uh, feeling shame for what you feel sexually attracted to, with the exception, of course, of pedophiles. But we've actually done a really good show on that, so I'm not going there. But understand when I'm sex and sexuality and who we want to have sex with and how we want to have sex, all of that whole aspect of human life is a huge thing people feel shame about. I mean, until the re recent history, women across the board, no matter the color of their skin, were considered ill for having any sexual feelings at all. I mean, this is how messed up the culture is, right? Shame for what you want to do with your life. Shame for what you don't want to do with your life. Shame for bad things happening, right? There's a lot of systems that will shame you because you didn't have enough faith or you didn't pray enough or you didn't do something enough to keep that bad thing from happening to you, right? Shame for what your body looks like, right? Shame for having health issues, so when we tend this kind of, I mean, that's the list goes on and on, right? But when we tend to toxic shame, we will always expose a lie that we are carrying as if it is true. So we learn to feel a lot of this toxic shame when others blame us for things that we did not actually do. And this often happens very early in childhood when we tend to do that kind of thing take on responsibility that is not ours because we don't really know how to discern what is ours yet. Um, so for example, it would be feeling shame because you forced a parent to abandon a career they wanted because you were born. You know, how absurd is that, right? And yet, many people carry shame for having ruined a parent's life because they got born. 
right? Not being able to replace, feeling shame because you weren't able to replace the adult partner for a parent left behind when their spouse leaves, abandons them or divorces them, right? Some people feel shame because they weren't able to protect their siblings or a parent from a violent other parent, right? And this can happen even when the blame is unspoken. That many uh, people feel shame for having been a child because they were loud, they were messy, they were energetic, they were creative, they were a child. And they felt shamed for that. Shamed for not being the son or the daughter that your parents wanted. Shame for wanting more than what you were raised with. Shame for wanting less or something different than what you were raised with, etc. It goes on and on and on and on and it's all lies lies that lead to toxic shame that will eat our soul if we do not use the shame to lead us to the lies and then clean house we cannot let the sadness the the pain of the shame take us out of the knees so that we cannot stand up for ourselves because if, if it's natural shame, your heart is asking you to stand up better. So you can't just collapse. Your heart is saying, you are better than this. Stand up. Now with toxic shame, it's entirely different. You need to stand up because these are lies. You're carrying lies. And a part of you, the part of you that ultimately wants to stand up for the integrity of your heart should be angry and pissed off and ready to put on the boots and kick the crap out of these lies. So we can't let shame as painful and debilitating and paralyzing as it is to take us out of the knees. Because shame is our heart begging us, natural or toxic, it is our heart begging us to stand up for me. Your heart is saying, stand up for me. That's what's really at the heart of it. So discerning the difference between natural shame and toxic shame is important because either one can be used to restore this integrity with the heart that is saying, stand up for me now. Don't do this anymore, right? But natural shame and toxic shame lead us on very different paths to get to that place of integrity. So before we go any further along about those two paths, I want to take just a minute and um, clarify the difference between shame and guilt. And I'm not completely happy with this explanation, but I really like the graphic that comes with it. Um, there's a site um, called Emotional Competency. I didn't research the backstory behind it, but I did like this little piece about shame and guilt and I'm going to post the link to see their little graphic because I like visuals and it was a pretty good little graphic about the dynamics because it illustrates what I've been talking about about being able to understand the dynamics that are going on when we're feeling different emotions okay so I'll post that after the show anyway so what the site says is that shame is closely related to but distinct from guilt while shame is a failure to meet our own standards of behavior, guilt is a failure to meet other standards of behavior. Now, what I would add is other standards of behavior we align with, we agree with. Okay, so shame tells us, back to the emotional competency people, shame tells us you have not done your best. Guilt tells us you have harmed another, you've not been compassionate, you've ignored the golden rule. You know, it tells us something about what we have done out in the world. So shame is personal while guilt is public. Shame results in internal sanctions. I feel badly about who I am. Guilt results in external sanctions. It uh, results in punishment. Okay, so guilt is about committing an offense or failing an obligation usually consciously, though there can be imagined offenses. We can feel guilty for imagined offenses that actually nobody else is even aware of. Uh, but the standards for guilt are defined out in the world, and they can be very relative to a place or a culture or a religion. You know, in certain times, it was completely expected and legal for a man to beat his wife. 
right? Whereas that would be considered a crime at another time in another place. Toxic shame is importing external standards of behavior that are not true and making them our own. Whereas guilt is about an external standard, like the golden rule, for example, that we basically agree with. But it's about the relationship between us and our inner world, which is shame, and us and the outer world, which is guilt. Toxic shame, on the other hand, is this importing of these external standards of behavior that are not true. We don't actually in our heart agree with them, um, but we make them our own internal impossible standards um, and then we're not able to rise to them. So it's uh, deeply internally self-damaging. While natural shame arises from not meeting the internal standards we carry in our hearts that are true. No matter, in other words, no matter when and where we are, no matter what time, no matter what culture, no matter when and where we are, these natural shame uh, standards are, are still going to be true. Okay, so shamanism, right? This is what we're talking about. So what if shame is a soul-eating emotion? I mean, we talk about soul loss, soul retrieval, working with the soul in shamanism. It's something that we believe is real and tangible and that we can be in relationship with. So what does it mean that something is soul-eating? How can we work with this um, idea given that shamanic journeying allows us to repair the soul quite literally? Okay, so let's first consider natural shame. So natural shame arises because we have fallen short of the person we believe ourselves to be or who we could be. And if we continue to feel shame, this natural shame, but we ignore its call, then it will begin to eat our soul. So what if we listen to that call because we don't want it to eat our soul? We say, hi, shame. Not happy you called, but I get it. I need to respond. I need to pick up the phone and answer because otherwise you're going to eat my soul, right? That's what this is saying, and I actually agree entirely. So with a journey or a meditation, we could journey into our own heart because it's our heart calling, right? And ask to speak to the Ling spirit of the heart and the Shen spirit of the heart. And we've talked about these two heart spirits on various shows in the archives. But basically, they are ideas out of Chinese medicine, that the heart is the only organ that has these two spirits. The Ling spirit of the heart is the internal or the sort of yin spirit of the heart. And the Shen spirit is the external, the heart we present to the world. So today, as I'm talking to you on this podcast, I'm presenting the Shen spirit of my heart. But what we're talking about when we talk about shame and the integrity of the heart is a message from the Ling spirit of the heart, the deep internal spirit of the heart saying, hmm, not good enough. I need you to come talk to me because you are not in integrity with the deep spirit of your heart. So the Ling and the Shen in a shamanic journey can manifest as spirits that we can speak to, especially if we're journeying into our own heart, right? So they, they're going to present differently to different people, so don't compare notes other than just out of curiosity. There's no right or wrong. It's going to be within your own symbolic language. So for me, because I studied chemistry, which is all about energy and things like that, I probably would just see them as energies, very different energies. They wouldn't necessarily personify, but that's me. That's my symbolic language. Yours is different. They might be animals. Who knows? doesn't matter. The point is you need to talk to them, so they need to show up. So... You're going to be there in your heart then, in your journey. There's a little journey you. There's Ling spirit. There's Shen spirit there in the space of your heart. And you're helping spirits if you want them all there. It can be a big party in your heart. And you're going to ask the Ling spirit, what is the shame that I am feeling trying to show me? Or another way to say it is, what is the message about my own inner integrity? But you're wanting to understand the message from the Ling spirit. What is this shame trying to show you about your integrity? So when you get that answer, then you would ask the Shen spirit, what are the actions that provoked the shame trying to protect me from? So, so I did something and I ended up feeling shameful about it, but I did those things for a reason. So why? What was I trying to protect myself from? What is the deeper thing going on here? Because the Shen spirit is the one that's out uh, with you in your actions in the world. Okay, so you're going to come out of that journey and consider these two answers. These answers are not giving you clarity about what actions to take. They're trying to help you understand deeply 
why you did what you did and why it resulted in shame and what the shame is trying to communicate to you. So that's the first thing that you want to explore. Get your answers from spirit, be with them, understand them, interpret them. Um, so, and come to a place where you understand what is your heart trying to tell you about who you really are from the inside and who your heart needs you to be. So once you kind of get a grasp on that, then in another journey, when you're ready to start to explore, okay, so given all of this, what is my path forward? Then you could journey to your own inner healer or the spirit of water, either way, and ask, what does my shame need to stop eating and release my soul? So what can I give to this shame so that it will stop eating my soul and release it? Because the shame ultimately is going to have to be, it's like an equation that needs to be, a transaction that needs to be completed, right? So you can do whatever that is in the journey and ask, what do you need to do in ordinary reality to reinforce that? So you're going to essentially meet that need for the shame so that it can release and go. And then the other part of this is what must I reconcile in my relationship with my own inner integrity? And then these are the actions you would take in your everyday life. So you're release, you're completing the transaction with the shame so it can be released in ordinary and non-ordinary reality. And you're asking what you need to do to reconcile your relationship with your own inner integrity because that's what's been set asunder. That's why you felt the shame. So now you need to reconcile it. Okay. Point of all of this is that you can trust your natural shame. You can let it demand of you that you become a better version of yourself. This is what we are here to do to become better people. And it is the most essential reason that our helping spirits come to us. So in essence, when we feel natural shame, because our Ling spirit of our heart wants our Shen spirit to do a better job, want to be better aligned out there in the world. So natural shame, as unpleasant as it is, is an invitation to turn your back on the world, spend time with your heart, understand, and do it now. So the shame doesn't eat your soul. Toxic shame is a different story. As I said, it's a big liar and it can't be trusted, but it needs to be understood. So when you're feeling toxic or learned shame, both your Ling and your Shen already know you're better than that. But your mind has trapped you in a nasty trickster story and you are about to go the long way around to find out what is true in your heart. Natural shame is a short path directly to the heart. And, the heart, and coming into integrity with the heart. Toxic shame is the long way around. With toxic shame, you sense who you should be. Your sense of who you should be, sorry, is being driven by your own mind. It's not being driven by your heart. So toxic shame uh, can lead you to your heart, but not directly. Because it's not a true message from your heart in the first place. Nonetheless, we begin in the same place. We need to go to the shame. We need to go into the inner landscape and discern the true nature of that shame. Now, if you did that and you found that it was actually natural shame and you, you thought it was toxic, but it's natural, then you would just continue as I described previously. But if it's toxic shame, then you need to find the inner self you have created who, who learned to carry this particular shame. It might be the part of you that took on the blame from others, spoken or unspoken, somehow some part of you that took on this way of defining yourself that did not ring true to your heart, but you decided in your mind to believe it anyway. Okay, so now you have an extra player in this inner dialogue than when it's uh, natural shame. With toxic shame, you have this you that carries that shame. Um. You have the present time you in the journey and the you who carries the shame and then your helping spirits and whomever else. Now, the important thing is you need to discern the belief that supports the toxic shame. So, for example, you're feeling um, ashamed in your relationship current time and it's really tying back to this failure you had as a five-year-old to be the husband your mother wanted when your father died or divorced or abandoned or whatever happened so that she didn't have her husband anymore. And you carry this 
shame as a five-year-old because you somehow came to the understanding that you failed your mother by not being her husband, right? And when you think about that as an adult, you think, my God, what a fucking mess, right? There's no reason you should carry that shame at all. But for whatever reason, there is a five-year-old within you who took that shame, took that belief on and thus carries this shame and you're stuck in it today. And so what's important as as unbelievable as that five-year-old's story is, it is nonetheless the operational story. And so what we need to find is the belief that is um, supporting the, the quote-unquote perceived reality of that story. So those of you who have a rigorous and effective clearing practice will probably be able to do that directly through clearing. However, sometimes we're so deeply interwoven with these false beliefs um, that we may not be able to tease them out, tease the belief out from the shame and from the story. We may not be able to really clear it. And um, those of you who have no effective clearing practice, you're not going to be able to at all. So um, we'll need to follow a somewhat different path. So there's a place in the spirit realm. My helping spirits took me there a long time ago because I had a lot of um, these kinds of ideas to sort out. And they call this place the pool of true reflection. And it is in uh, a dark place. It's not a happy upper world place. It's a, it's a deep and private uh, place in non-ordinary reality. And that's where the pool of true reflection is. And it's um, a, a vast pool. You won't be able to see the edges when you're taken to the shore of the pool. It's a vast, like a vast lake, and it's absolutely still. It's a mirror, and it's it's um, always in this place of sort of um, dusk or dawn. You know, there's just enough light to see what you're doing, but never enough light to see the whole thing, right? You're only there. All that illuminates is your own reflection in the pool, and... Um, and this is the pool. You asked, you would ask to be taken to the pool of true reflection. And so we cannot see falseness, um, or when we cannot see fault, the falseness in the belief that's supporting the toxic shame for ourselves, then we need to ask for help. I mean, you could certainly ask for help from your therapist, I suppose. But the point is, we need external help, right? So we need the pool of true reflection in this case to show us the truth. And even then, we need to make sure that the truth was shown in the pool resonates with our truth cord. So I'm going to take a minute, sidebar, okay, because I've just actually named a whole bunch of things in what I consider basic um, energy hygiene, how to be a good human kind of things that I think everybody needs to be doing. Um, just got stated in that paragraph about the uh, pool of true reflection. So you need an operational truth cord. Because you need to make sure that what you see reflected in the pool still resonates with your truth. If it doesn't, you need to change your question. Right? For you to have operational truth cord, you need to have a center channel that's connecting with earth and the sky and some sort of sense of connection to these greater energies. You need to have trust in your helping spirits, a good working relationship so that you are able in the journey to trust what is going on with the pool of true reflection, with your helping spirits, with your truth cord. And you need a certain kind of awareness of your inner landscape and inner selves to do any of this. So these are all things that you can cultivate. They're all things everybody is capable of doing. Some of you may need to work for it more than others. I believe they're all necessary to just be healthy in the world. I don't think any of this is about being a shaman. I think this is about how to be healthy in the world. Anyway. So let's assume you have those things and you can see yourself. You're in the journey. You're at the pool of true reflection. You can see yourself reflected in the pool. So close your eyes. Allow the feelings of shame to fill you, These the toxic shame that you're trying to work with here. Really conjure them up within you with your eyes closed and then ask, show me the true source of this shame and open your eyes. And you'll see a reflection other than yourself in the pool. And this is how the pool works. And so you have to learn to work with the pool because all it does is reflect the truth. And so your questions need to be crafted in that way. But you are basically asking the pool to show you the truth that you cannot otherwise see. 
So you would work with the pool. Um, and that basically these are the truths that you're looking for with the help of the pool. The belief that supports the shame. Where did that belief come from? Um, where did you learn it from? Now, these are also things you can discern through a clearing practice, a, a, uh, an effective and rigorous clearing practice, granted. But this, member, we, we got onto this path because we said you're too embroiled in it to be able to tease that out through clearing. And so we're asking for how we would do that in a journey. Okay. So ultimately, uh, you're wanting to know what is the deeper truth in your heart about yourself. So you've sorted out the toxic shame. You've sorted out the, where, the belief and where did it come from. Um, you, you get where all that's coming from. And then you want to ultimately get at what's lying beneath that, which is the deeper truth in your own heart. Right? And you will see this when you make it one of these true or false statements, these questions to the pool of true reflection. And you see yourself as the answer. Um, and then you feel that resonate with your heart. So that's that's how the pool of true reflection works. When you get to that truth that is resonating within you, and that's all that there is, then you'll just see yourself in the pool. Okay. So when you've restored your awareness of the real truth in your heart, then you're back to the process of what you need to do in your everyday life to better align with that truth better align your actions with that truth in your life and then you just need to clean up and clear the energy of the false beliefs of the toxic shame any relationships in your everyday life you set asunder um, and were harmed by your acting out of that toxic shame so go use your magic words please thank you and I'm sorry um, it is possible in this work that you will find the root of beliefs that are lies that result from our feeling toxic shame um, in places you can't get at. So the source of the toxic shame you're feeling or the beliefs that support the toxic shame are coming out of an aspect of yourself you can't get at. And in this case, you either need to ask for help or if you have the training, shift into a different practice to clear the belief and then return to the process of aligning with your heart and what are the actions you need to take in life and repairing relationships if necessary. So you might find through the working with the pool of true reflection that the belief is held in a, in a soul part that is lost. You might find that the belief is held in unresolved ancestral energy and needs to be dealt with there. You might find that the belief is held in a shadow self that you can't get to. So you could just um, basically diagnose that from working with the pool of true reflection and then given that then shift gears into a way to deal with soul loss which is soul retrieval deal with unresolved ancestral energy by resolving the energies in the ancestral line and deal with shadow selves by different courses of shadow work uh, so of course the point of all of this is that you have to free up the you who holds the lies recognize them as lies and let them go and from that place, you can release yourself then from this habit of this toxic shame. Okay, so what if the dominant culture still believes that you should be shamed for your weight or your color or who you want to have sex with or how you want to have sex or the fact that you don't want to have sex, right? All of these many things your culture could shame you for, not having money, having too much money, um, just because... The culture believes that this is a problem. It doesn't mean you need to. You don't have to care. What you do need to do is care for yourself. If the dominant culture still believes you should be ashamed of this thing you just cleared through all that work with your toxic shame, let it. So how do we become the change, right? Let the culture be what it is. How do we actually become the change needed? How do we become the new people, if we won't be the new people. I can't wait for my culture to get its shit together. I have to get my shit together because that's the only place I really have that power. I don't need permission from my culture. You don't need permission from your culture to get your shit together. You need purpose. You need passion. You need alignment with your own sense of truth and integrity. And that's what shame, toxic or natural, is trying to get us to, is integrity with our own heart. 
So what do you do when something eats your soul? So first, you stop the soul eating. And that's what we've talked about here today, as described above. Then go and do things that nourish your soul. Do things that replenish it. Take the kind of action that allows your soul to grow fat and happy like the smiling Buddha. We so profoundly underestimate the path. So we've been shamed by our culture. We've taken this on. We've done all this work to clear that toxic shame. And now we're back to a place where we have greater integrity on our own heart. But the culture still wants to shame us for the whatever. Let it. Don't listen. Go do something that celebrates the beauty of your heart. The courage of the work that you just did. Have a party with your friends. Dance all night. Eat the food that you love. Better yet, create it. Cook it. Bake it. Whatever it is, share it with friends. Sing. Dance. Make things. Do what. Go out in nature. Go out in nature with friends. Swim. Whatever it is that nourishes your soul, makes your soul feel full and vital and strong and ready to take on the world, do those things. Stop fighting. Nourish your soul. So this whole show comes from the questions from a listener. And the final part of his question is, um, I would love to hear any thoughts you have about shame, embarrassment, and self-love. He says, I'm particularly interested in how does one uh, go about the process of learning to love themselves exactly as they are right now? How does one learn to give oneself the love and attention desired from others? Sometimes this can feel like it takes an endless amount of clearing, especially when the lack of self-love is backed by society that withdraws its love from you because of your race or weight or gender identity, sexuality, etc. So I'm going to speak now just honestly and openly from myself. It's really all I can say. I can only speak from my own experience the truth is my culture is broken utterly as many others are around the world I don't expect it to love me it's a waste of my time I can't let my culture define me and I'm wasting my time if I ever expect it to love me because I know my culture is broken as a human archetypally I get to want that. But as a conscious person, as the living in this time, I have to honor the fact that I chose to be here now in this time in a culture that is utterly and profoundly broken. So what am I going to do about that? Cultures are made of people. People are sheep. And people as groups, they scare the crap out of me. And I'm a nice little old white lady, right? I got no reason to be afraid, but I am. People as a group scare the crap out of me. They do really stupid things. But a person, an individual person, a person can be brilliant. A person can be courageous, funny, hysterically funny, curious, downright amazing. A person can even make the gods smile. I do all I can in each day to be that person. How can you not love that kind of person? At the end of the day, even the train wreck days, even the days that totally suck and you feel that you failed, You would have to actually work hard to not love yourself if you were doing the best to be the kind of person that once in a while even makes the gods smile. How could you not love that kind of person? So I give thanks for the helping spirits that gather around us and help us to do these seemingly impossible things. 
and make them real in the world. I give thanks to the earth below and the sky above and the heart that unites us all. I want to thank everyone for listening. Have a great week.